Hey friends, my name is Zara, and this is the Daydreaming Rose podcast, in which I talk about folk herbalism, the tarot, trauma-informed magic, as well as politics of healing and small business adventures. Sometimes it's just me sharing rituals and inspiration, and sometimes I have beautiful, like-minded guests on the show. If you would like to learn more about my work, you can visit daydreamingworlds.com for all things magic and sarahmagdalenalove.com for web design and tech support. Feel free to subscribe on iTunes and if you like my podcast, know that a review would really be appreciated. Happy full moon and Taurus, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. I just wanted to have um, a quick check-in with you before we go on to today's show. Um, just to kind of share what's going on in my life and how I would love to connect with you. Um, So I'm really sorry that there's no consistent schedule at the moment to how these podcasts come out and that seems to just be connected to the beautiful chaos that is live right now. But I do want to say that I have some really, really amazing interviews coming up. I've poured a lot more energy into reaching out to people and speaking to people that have inspired me, including Sarah, who's on today's show. Um, in the last couple of months so I have really cool stuff coming up I'm not going to make a promise that there's going to be a weekly show but there's definitely going to be more episodes and I really hope that that's going to be some kind of comfort for you during winter time if you are in winter time Um, so yeah if you enjoyed the show I would really appreciate a review on iTunes because that really helps more people find it and it's just nice to hear what you think um and then I also want to illustrate something that has come up for me as I listened back to the show before publishing it, which is really that working with the moon has had such a big impact in my life and the many moon workbooks that Sarah creates and that we talked about in the show have been really instrumental in kind of giving me a grounded connection and giving me some practical tools to work with. So um, I talked about this a little bit on the show, but I it's just really become more clear to me this week. So I want to circle back a little bit before um, before I let you listen to that. Um, so so in the first couple of years of really starting my business and growing as a web designer, I was so focused on expansion because from a survival financial point of view, really had to be. I said yes to all kinds of clients. Um, not all of them were a good match. I worked really long hours, I often worked weekends, and I didn't even notice the seasons so much, not even the seasons right outside my window when I was in the middle of that, especially in the first year. And I've had this this autumn more and more conversations with other business owners about what is next, you know, what, where are we paying attention to, how can we grow or not grow? And more and more people around me are saying like, you know what, I actually don't want to grow my business right now. I just want stability and I want the freedom to create something that feels authentic. And um, I think more and more people are really tired of, you know, the conventional online marketing wisdom of like sales funnels and online programs. And and I feel, I really feel that too. And so some some steps that I'm going to take this week and next are um, I'm going to delete my Twitter account because it's not a platform that I really enjoy. I'm going to delete my, or at least deactivate my personal uh, Facebook account because it has just blown up with a lot of things that I don't actually need to see on a daily basis just because... Um, I've been in a lot of groups, I liked a lot of pages and I think I want to make a a fresh start and actually cut back on a couple of things that feel overwhelming right now and it really feels related to the season as well as we're in early November. And on the other hand, there's a couple of things that I really love growing right now Um, and, and mainly these are collaborations with other people, I've done some really amazing trades. Um, I've received some mentoring, I'm doing more tarot readings, I've just released a um, Roots and Boundaries ritual kit which you can check out at daydreamwolves.com. So I'm really into creating accessible, um, low-cost online products but also I'm really focusing on connection, on connections with people and, and really being in togetherness and being creative and not being driven by the need to expand at all times. So yeah, just just wanted to share that um, 
as a little side note and I'm finally letting you listen in to listen to this amazing interview so Sarah is really wonderful and I really hope that you get as much out of this as I did if you've got any feedback or you want to connect with me please feel free to reach out um, on Instagram that's probably the best way or send me an email enjoy bye Hey everyone, I have the absolute honor of having Sarah Godestina on the podcast today. So I first came across her work by reading her book Many Moons, which is a workbook that kind of introduced me to new ways of working with the cycles. Um, I think I got the first one for the first half of 2016 and I had it in bed, um, it was kind of winter time. And I really loved going through the pages and seeing with how much attention and beauty she had put it together. So she is going to speak to us today about moon practices and the tarot, the politics of healing and the journey that she's been on. And I'm super excited. So this is my little fangirl intro. <laughs> I'm going to hand it back to her now so she can introduce herself and tell us what she's all about. Yeah, um, I'll fangirl right back to you, uh, Sarah, because I actually reached out to you because I just love what you're doing, and I think that you have such a beautiful voice, and um, I appreciate everything you're doing, so I was excited to get to talk to you as well and kind Thank of you. learn more about you and your practice and your thoughts on all things uh, magic and or business and or living. So thank you. Right yeah. back. So, yeah, my name is uh, Sarah Faith Godestiner. And I have been working for myself for the past around six-ish years. I do a variety of things. I'm a designer and an art director. I've done forecasting, consulting, uh, writing, uh, anything kind of creative, illustration. I also work as a tarot reader. I also put out, um, like I have a really small kind of like label brand, I guess you could call call it, I suppose, where I put my designs on t-shirts and tote bags and I sell prints and things of my work and that's under the moniker Modern Women. And so I also self-publish a workbook that is going into its third and final year, um, which is called the Many Moons uh, Workbook. And it takes the reader through different cycles of the moon kind of in real time and provides them with resources and with journaling questions and um, insights and I share about my life and what I've learned um, because this work has radically changed my life so mm. um, I really want to help other people to maybe uh, radically change their own or change their own in a little way <laughs> I don't yeah. know. You know, so that's kind of the point of that so yeah that's kind of I used to be a t I also teach workshops um, I teach classes um, I used to be a professor, um, and I used to do all kinds of things in my life, but that's, these are the things I'm doing right now. So, yeah. That is so far out <laughs> that you are a professor as well. That's wonderful. Um, another thing that I always like to ask in the beginning of a new uh, conversation is where you are in the world right now and what nature is like around you. Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles, lovely mm -hmm. Los Angeles, California in the Echo Park neighborhood is where I live. And the nature that is in California, uh, in Los Angeles right now, is everything all the time. We're so lucky to have cactuses and flowers. And I live right by a lake that, while it is human-made, there are lotuses and ducks and um, the nature of a city is such a funny thing because there's pigeons and dogs and coyotes if you're lucky enough to see them. Um, but then there are also flies and cats and, you know, all, ki all kinds of things. So, um, you know, yes, it's, it's a, I would say L.A., while it's a melting pot, it's also a melting pot of nature, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. It's always interesting, like the descriptions, I've interviewed a couple of people in LA and I always love what they say about nature around them. And it's always much richer and more magical than I had imagined LA to be, if, if I'm very honest. I only know um, 
I only know Elia from the L word, <laughs> which is probably really not that representative. That's a completely accurate representation. So don't change anything you think about Elia based upon that. Just keep that right in mind. It's totally the same thing, by yeah. the way. You always um, have these pool houses like Beth and Tina had, don't you? <laughs> Like you throw a crystal, you throw your quartz crystal, and you'll hit a lesbian pool house. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> Amazing. You should come visit, is what I'm saying. Yes, great. Um, cool. So, you already said you've done so many beautiful different things, and I feel like, and I might be wrong, but I feel like the many bloom books kind of bring so many different strands of magic together. And I would love you to expand a little bit more on how you first found magic or how magic found you and kind of what your first practices were and how they have developed. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I was really lucky to move to Portland, Oregon in like 2003, 2004. And there are many, many awesome witches, or there were at that time. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's, I know, that, I know there still are. Um, but a lot of my friends from that time actually have also moved away. But um, it was just a really awesome place to get an introduction in a way I hadn't before. Previously growing up, um, I definitely knew about, you know, in the 90s, uh, there were, there was definitely access to witchcraft. There was definitely access, you know, especially this particular form of 90s witchcraft <laughs> that was sort of infused with like goth or mm -hmm. with punk rock or with feminism, you know, so I, that's sort of like what drew me maybe into it, as well as um, growing up, my mother was a tarot reader, um, or she read the cards, and so there were kind of cards sort of around, mm -hmm. um, so it was in my consciousness, but not really, I didn't know anyone really, uh, I grew up in a place called Hartford, Connecticut, um, most people haven't been there or they've driven through it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's why. So basically my access to magic as a child or as a teen living in like the city and the suburbs was like the bookshelf at the Barnes and Noble store. That I, there was like a bookshelf of magic books. And then there was like a bookshelf of LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. And I would just like 15 year old me would just like go there and sit there with the coffee. And that was like, it was like before the internet. I know it's like crazy to listen to me, to me say that, but so that was my access there, but then when I moved to Portland, um, I was able to, lucky enough to be uh, friends with all kinds of people who were expressing their magic and working with magic in, in any number of different ways. So I feel really lucky to be introduced personally by that way, and my practice has changed so much. Mm -hmm. um, in the beginning, it was very inconsistent, it was very um, sort of like very American, like did it when I needed it. Like, oh, I need a new job. Let me like light a candle. Or I really, I, I, I'm going through some sort of situation. I need to pull cards or I need to go to a reader or something like that. Um, although I always, I've been studying the tarot since that time <clears throat> somewhat seriously, uh, like, you know, consistently for the most part, give or take a year or two here or there. Um, so tarot is probably my main kind of entry into uh, magic, as well as sort of that, you know, Starhawk and Friends and feminist consciousness. And then about five or six years ago, I really began working with the moon in a much more holistic way. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm talking about is sort of the way I kind of describe or try to guide the reader through the workbooks in the sense that it's a rhythm and we find our rhythm and we find our intuition, we find our energy levels, mm -hmm. um, check in with ourselves to ask ourselves what we need depending on what's going on um, outside of us and inside of us. And for me, this was the way that my magical practice honestly deepened into like a spiritual practice, like, mm -hmm. like a, a really getting back in touch with myself and with source um, very much um, apart from anything external, very much um, just a very consistent sort of daily, uh, you know, kind of presence, I guess you could say. I know now I'm starting to sound like I'm like floating <laughs> off in a balloon, so I'll come back down to earth. Uh, 
you know, so the, so the main modalities are, um, for me that I practice are, are, are tarot. Um, it's definitely meditation. It's definitely breath work. It's definitely, um, again, like even if I don't do something around, like even if I don't do a ritual or a spell around every, uh, moon phase, which I tell people, you know, it's not required, of course. Um, you know, I, I honor it and I, and I'm more attuned to my body as an instrument mm -hmm. and my energy as a way for me to stay in my alignment. And what I mean by that is I don't mean alignment, meaning like, oh, I'm happy and everything's great. I mean, like, if I'm really feeling like I need to um, take a break, I'll take a break. If I'm really mm -hmm. feeling like I need to take a walk, I'll take a walk. If I need to cry, I'll cry. Mm -hmm. um, me, that's what alignment is. It's it's experiencing our energy and our emotions and our intuition um, in a in, in 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 kind of the present moment. If that makes sense. That makes total sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really love that you're bringing. Um, so much richness and experience over time and I'm really interested to talk to you if that's cool about how you see witchcraft changing and how that's related to trends and in some ways com commercialization as well and I would love to intro that with some of my own thoughts and I see you smiling I wish the other listeners would see that I see you smile as well um, so where oh, my feelings are the following it's very complicated it has many layers Yeah, you're like, it's actually an onion. However, I'm going to try to bullet point. However, don't quote me on that. However, I know it's very complex. I oh, understand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you know, and in some ways, I feel so much joy about sharing this practice because I think it has a lot of radical potential. And I um, understand that some people's access point will be in some way commercialized. And I guess that's human. And um, and I'm glad that we're bringing these subjects into the collective consciousness more because I think that's very important. And I also acknowledge that trends happen for a reason sometimes and that, uh, you know, the things that we're dealing with collectively under this government in the US and with lots of other things that are happening in the world um, yeah. are calling for this. Um, and so I'm glad that so many people are stepping up reclaiming that word and sharing what they believe in and inspiring others to do the same. At the same time, you know, seeing tarot decks at Urban Outfitters kind of is heartbreaking and and I'm sometimes worried about the fact that, you know, the things that capitalism can get its claws on are just changing very fast sometimes and and I I am also heartbreaking by seeing amazing people doing work like you and me really often struggling to kind of straddle that balance between wanting their work to be accessible and at the same time wanting to have their energy and their time valued and so yeah <laughs> can you speak on that a little bit more yeah you know no pressure no big deal <laughs> um yeah so I'll just I'll try to keep this sort of as short as possible because I don't really have an answer because we are dealing with this sort of in real time. Mm -hmm. And um, while my, and well, actually I just told you, like one of my first introductions to this was at Barnes and Noble in mm -hmm. like 1995. Mm -hmm. So that was how I had access living in a place that wasn't very subversive or had subcultures in it. That was sort of, and didn't have access really to the internet. That's how I got access. It's kind of similar to like, I don't know. Again, I'm going real 90s, real 90s nostalgia <laughs> here. So bear with me. All the like younger people are like turning off the podcast. But it's kind of like for a lot of people, Nirvana was like a gateway into the wipers or mm. into Bikini Kill or something like that. It's like you can't sort of. Okay, so there's that aspect to it, right? So I don't feel like I have. To, I, I, I'm not going to make any judgments on how people find or discover their practice. Um, I think the main thing to me, there's a couple of things that are disturbing um, about, or, or complicated, I should say, or challenging about the moment we're in. And the first for me is that I get concerned when people place 
a very similar like capitalist lens over these practices because number one it's sort of suggesting that all you have to do is take the pill and you'll be better. Like all you have to do is buy the crystal and get the right t-shirt and, and take the picture of your your altar and it's boosh, you're like focus, focus, like you're finished, which is a very, um, a very common, like I have compassion for that sort of impetus because it's a very common, it's how we were raised. Like, and this is the whole thing. For me, fundamentally, magic, spirituality, self-development, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's about relying on ourselves. It's mm -hmm. about looking into ourselves because we have all the answers with help from source, with help from our friends, with help from books, with help from uh, teachers or mentors or readers or whatever. We have these answers. So, you know, I get a little bit concerned when, when, when there seems to be the suggestion that you, you, you take this course and then you're this and it's like well it's not this is like a life this is a lifelong practice and a lifelong process and 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 listen if if, if you took a tour of my house right now we would <laughs> lose track of all we would lose count of all the crystals okay mm -hmm. so i'm not saying i don't like stuff i like stuff i like crystals i like tinctures okay you know uh but but there's also sort of like if you take all of that away, if you're alone in the woods or you're alone in your room, like dropping in or having access to yourself, really the only thing I ever need that's external is maybe like a pen and a piece of paper. Mm. You know what I mean? Like to, to write down or automatic write or journal or, or not. So there's that aspect that seems to me to kind of misses the mark, right? Misses the mark about kind of what the holistic sort of thing is. And then the other part to me, again, this is just me speaking for myself in this very moment at 8.15 on a Thursday, and unfortunately not a morning person, is um, the actual inherent political aspect, particularly around the word witch, and around those practices of, you know, of oppression, of suppression, how that's linked to wisdom around herbalism or around agriculture, um, around actual um, like self, like physical self-sufficiency, and the ways over thousands of years, over the millennia, they've been erased, they've been systematically oppressed, um, and that there is an inherently, to me personally, and in inherently political connotation of that word and it is to be taken seriously it's something that I don't go flinging around um, and it has a really long lineage and a really long history and a lot of implications around living your life running your business um, and I see a lot of practices happening now for me personally that are very patriarchal in nature, that are very, um, even if they're done by women, like, you know, taking cultures that aren't theirs and discussing them, selling dream catchers where they don't know where they came from, mm. um, you know, taking people's texts or content or images, not knowing where they came from, not asking, no, there's no permission with all of this stuff. And yes, of course, on one level, it's sharing. On one level, it's people just saying, this is amazing, this is really cool, like I really like this picture or I like this quote. I don't know where it came from, I'm just gonna like, there's, so it's kind of also erasing this sort of history mm. that's already been so erased and that's where kind of my heart feels a little bit um, put upon. Mm. <laughs> okay, that's, that's sort of, <laughs> those are kind of the main points to me where, but I think that ultimately it's really great and if there are if there's a person, if there's a young person, you know, in the middle of nowhere who, who doesn't even have access to a Barnes and Noble or an Amazon or something, and they come across something that is inherently feels magical to them or piques their interest and they want to learn more or they want to, or when they move away, they can kind of take that up. 
uh, ultimately magic is a is a is an anchor to your own power and your own energy and your own intuition which are all ironically priceless right mm. you know so there's that as well that is beautiful yes I want to frame that without stealing it by quoting you <laughs> yeah so yeah that all makes sense to me thank you so much for sharing um, I feel like that your books are really beautifully illustrating some of these ideas and I would love you to speak a little bit more on kind of how um, they first came to be and how that what that journey was like and why you chose to self-publish and if you would do that again so tell us as, as much as you like okay yeah and honestly Sarah uh, in case you haven't noticed I can just sort of get on one so if you want to like interject or <laughs> no, no. ask me questions uh, please feel free uh, okay like I'm like where do I even begin with this I um, love your streams of consciousness they're great <laughs> uh, fueled by coffee um, and excitement to get to uh, connect with you so The workbooks came about sort of like, as I said, I, I was kind of working, so I was working with the moon. Um, I have to give so much credit to one of my like dear, dear witch sisters. Her name is Jen Starr. She's amazing. She's so magical. She's so incredible. I believe it was around five or six years ago. She started a moon newsletter where she just sent out a newsletter once a month or something. And um, she had me do the illustrations for it. So that really got me kind of on a schedule um, of like tuning in and making notes of my rituals and my spell work. And and it was the first time in my life that I had been, um, that I had a container for um, uh, being able to mark the shift and the changes that were happening in my life. So one thing I'll say to someone who's new with this practice is that just literally by kind of marking things, taking note of things, um, in a book, right, like your book of secrets or your journal or whatever that is for you um, is a really great way because then you can kind of look back because the moon originally, you know, for humanity was a timekeeper, right? It was our kind of our first calendar. Um, so uh, there is there was that aspect. Then I began teaching classes. I began teaching classes about four and a half years ago around the su this subject. Um, and I called the classes Moonbeaming. And I only taught in Los Angeles. And then I started having people contact me and say, hey, could you come here? Could you come there? And it wasn't, I couldn't do that. You know, I can't just go, I, I can't travel a lot. And it's not always financially sustainable for me to do so. Um, so then I just got the message from Source or Spirit or my muse very clearly, like clear as a bell, like you are to write a workbook, you are to do this for three years. And I was kind of like, what? Like, because I'm not, that wasn't part of my career. Like, I'm not interested in being a self-help writer. I'm not interested in writing on spirituality. And I'm certainly not interested in, like, writing, like, a work. Like, I'd never done anything like this before, just to be really clear, okay? And I was yeah. and I and I hadn't been like, one day I'll self-publish and, and design and ship thousands of moon workbooks and email and go back, you know, no. Definitely not. So I, but I, but the messages were very, very, very clear. I couldn't ignore them, and that is how I live my life. Uh, things, and this is also I teach into intuition classes. And one kind of message I like to tell people about intuition and listening to it is, it's not always easy, and it's not always expected. Your intuition comes through. And it might not be what you had planned. It might not be what you had thought of. And it might not be what you really want. It might be that you have to end a relationship or you have to move somewhere that you, you have conflict around. Or, But, you know, um, so I followed my intuition. All is that to say it is a direct, um, direct aspect of following my intuition. And it was, it's, it's been kind of a, journey in itself. And the other thing I'll kind of say about the process that I don't share a lot, um, <clears throat> I don't know if I actually have ever shared, is right uh, right before the first workbook came out, um, I got diagnosed with a very serious chronic health 
condition, mm -hmm. which is I have a genetic mutation where um, I'm either going, it's like living with a time bomb in my body. I'm either going to be like, okay, but I'll have to be on chemo meds and be very tired and exhausted, or I'll have to get a, um, or my levels will spike and I'll have to get a bone marrow transplant mm -hmm. and that's it. That's like the only known cure. Wow. So I was going through that. I was going, getting prodded and poked and tested kind of as I was writing the first book. Mm. And then the workbook came out and I was really going through a hard time mm. processing this diagnosis. And the workbooks, it was almost as if my future self had written them to me mm. and I could go in them and read a passage or read a suggested affirmation and it was literally what I needed to hear in that moment. So, of course, I'm writing these books for other people. Of course, I'm trying to help other people help themselves and develop their own practice that is uniquely them. But I have to say, on another level, I'm also writing these workbooks for me because sometimes they resonate with what's going on in my life almost eerily, almost uncannily. Mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa, you know, like I'll read something and I'm like, and the other thing I have to say is, I don't write the workbooks by myself. I get out of the way and something comes in about half the time or more. So I'm not like, I'm just kind of sort of writing down what's coming through. So there's also kind of that aspect to it where I believe that this message on some level just did have to get out in some way. And now it's kind of doing its job and I'm kind of like, you know, okay, you know what I mean? So I think that's kind of like, I'm not really sure, <laughs> you know. And then and then the other thing, actually, I'll just say a couple more things if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, ask me any questions. Uh, you know, number one, I was just, a lot of what I do creatively is um, that the, the, the inspiration comes from not seeing what I feel like I needed when I was 15 mm. or I now or I needed when I was 20 and writing that and for me that's trying and and I'm always going to fail I'm always going to make mistakes but it's trying attempting to be inclusive attempting to have um, a queer perspective against the binary against kind of these dominant sort of ideas and concepts that tend to make their way into modern magic or modern spirituality um, I'm trying to be, you know, very uh, inclusive. Uh, you know, I want people to read this book who maybe haven't always felt like someone is speaking to them or thinking of them, whether they're disabled or they have chronic illness or they're trans or, mm -hmm. you know, gender non-conforming or, um, you know, they're just not sort of the dominant kind of um, voice that ends up getting through, um, you know, the discourse. So that's always an aspect. And then like last but not least, I, I really always have to give it up to my incredibly amazing, powerful contributors because, mm. you know, I only know about the tarot and like the moon <laughs> and like self-help <laughs> and like how, having to save myself and, and, and help myself through magic and spirituality and, uh, you know, uh, therapy and all of that stuff. But my contributors know about being a doula. They know about being an artist. They know about, they know about astrology. They know about, you know, all of these different things that I don't have access to. So it's it's really also um, being able to open up um, space for um, more contributors who know different things about the tarot or herbs or, you know, activism or things that I just don't know about. So, you know, if it weren't for my contributors also, I think my contributors just, I mean, I'm always blown away by everything that they share. So I really have to kind of thank all of them as well. Yeah, um, I have been introduced some, to some really incredible people through your book and follow their work and, and feel really inspired as well. And thank you so much for caring so much to make your work inclusive because I feel like, yeah, that was really heartwarming for me to read, to have my experience and my identity reflected in a way and included. And I know that the opposite can be really heartbreaking. Some of the first books on witchcraft that I read um, yeah, which is really upsetting in a way. I think there was one called Letters to a Young Witch. It might be young, wrong, but anyway, there was some discussion about um, May in the Northern Hemisphere 
and I had been kind of halfway through the book kind of had established that sense of trust with the author and was like cool like I like what you're saying here <laughs> and then midway through she said well and then you know there's this marriage between the god and the goddess and I will say I think you know I, I'm not making judgments and I think gay marriage is cool if that's what you do but essentially I believe that this this may goddess thing is between a heterosexual union between the divine aspects and I was like oh like literally this book kind of yeah. dropped dropped to yeah. the floor <laughs> and I had had to have a bath and I was like yeah. oh man that was a bummer <laughs> yeah yeah yes and I think we've all had that experience um or finding out that someone isn't um yeah, that just someone isn't coming from, you know, the same place. And I would hope that people, I, I would hope that people, as our culture is shifting and changing, even though sometimes it feels like it's, you know, two steps forward and one steps back, as like, I mean, the entire culture is shifting and changing, I would only hope that spirituality will shift and change, you know, because like, this is not about like law of attraction, like get a car, everything's gonna be solved. Like it's not about looking amazing on the internet, you know, like at all times, like that's not, like I get disturbed because like real life is like about, this sounds so corny, but real life is about living and we go through cycles and sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're content, sometimes we achieve a goal, sometimes we make a mistake and it's a really big failure. Sometimes we screw up and we fuck up and like that definitely happened, you know, like with the first couple of things with the moon workbooks, it's like I, 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 put, I write them in three months um, after my work day is done, you know, so I work like 40 to 60 hours for myself, uh, for clients, for reading, reading tarot clients and design clients, selling my stuff, um, doing consulting work, so on and so forth. So I, I do it in a really short period of time. and sometimes things will fall through the cracks. Like I'll say something that, you know, if I had had more time or more eyes on it, um, you know, I'd be like, oh, I didn't really mean to say that. Or, oh, I, you know, I'm leaving something out or I'm leaving someone out. Or the fact of the matter is, is I have such like a time um, or like a space constraint. I can't have a more kind of complex sort of uh, researched, you know, like 10 page long kind of discussion about certain things. And that's definitely a limit of the books and, and a constraint. But, um, but all that to say is like, all we can do is the best we can and we can mm. learn from mistakes. And, you know, this, like kind of going back to what I said, this is just like, um, I mean, the book is about the moon, but it's also about living. And it's also about, um, when you know things just aren't always peachy, um, and and I think that's like another law of attraction sort of tenant. That's mm -hmm. like you 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 are the one who's responsible for your illness, or you or you're the reason why this horrible thing happened to you, or you got assaulted, or whatever. And it's like uh, back up, people. <laughs> like that's not the reason. Do you know? So it's yeah. like it's just a little bit, you know. So so yes, uh, I'm just trying to offer up another another tool um, that that is trying to um, that is trying to be as inclusive as I can I can think of you know mm, yeah <clears throat> that's really beautiful um, I would love to talk a little bit more about how you kind of envision people working with the book and where you see in more, more in general the the radical potential of, of working with the moon and yeah, I see that in my own life a lot. I feel that since I first read your book and I kind of got a moon clock in the corner of my room, um, which kind of is that constant reminder, um, now to a point, and I really didn't feel like this a year ago, which is great. Yeah. Sometimes it's very easy, I feel, to think like, oh, things are never changing. It's such a, it's like running up a hill. But speaking to you now, I'm like, I've had that moon clock for a year. And it has increased my awareness for the cycle so much. And now when I'm traveling and I'm away from it, um, if I ever like find myself not knowing where the moon is right now, it's really like, it's a bit of a shock. It's uh, because I've become so, so close to it. And that is really beautiful. And I think for me, 
um, the most tangible thing in terms of healing and how it's changed my life, I would say, is an acceptance around contractions and that just being part of nature because I've spent such a long time in my life just always aiming for expansion and believing that is my entitlement in a really toxic way in my business and my career and my studies and everything um and and with that comes this idea that you know i can i can take from nature things always need to get better and better and bigger and yeah. and if uh you know if there's contraction be that in health or with old trauma coming up or in relationships fading away then that isn't part of a natural cycle but it's my fault in some way or I've done something wrong or I need to try harder so so yeah that's that's kind of one of the things that I've taken away from it and I would I would love to coming back to my original question <laughs> um, how do you envision people working with the book and like where do you see the radical potential of working with the moon yeah wow that's like um, <laughs> yeah that's like what I think about almost every day uh, believe it or not, I think about the moon about every day in different ways. Um, yeah, I really, really, really loved what you said, Sarah, because I think that's like an important part that sometimes gets missed in terms of um, being able to really notice that time isn't linear. It's not linear always, and time is spiral. And the moon reminds us that time is a spiral and time is a process and that um, particularly when we are living in moon time, things come back around, things come up, things are, I, I, I try really, really hard um, to think of emotions or situations as information, you know, as information um, and to kind of allow and to sort of let let things be and it's funny it's such a process as well because even my relationship with a certain cycle changes right so for a really long time for example in my business I was just in waxing like what I was just like you said I was like go 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 like bigger 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 and now for about the last six months, and I really think it's probably going to be for another almost year is what I'm feeling, I'm in like waning where I'm like scaling back, I'm trying to reorganize things, I'm trying to plan my time better, I'm trying to not be sort of push, push, push um, because that's just not what's working for me now. And I have like one of my really good friends who started reading the books from the get-go, uh, I love her, she just texted me the other day and she's like, hey, guess what? I found out, you know, it took a while, but I found out when I'm, when I just feel the best and when I'm the most creative and it's like these like four days or five days, I can like just write and write. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. You know, and, but I didn't want to tell her. So wah, wah. Uh, like that can change like over, over time or over your circumstances, you might have one phase of the moon because it's like holistic, right? There's, there's really eight kind of uh, you know, distinct kind of phases, but I, I kind of try to keep it more simple and I work with, um, I introduce four or five for the readers, the new moon, the waxing, um, a, AKA, like I kind of market when it becomes first quarter, um, the full moon, the waning, AKA kind of last quarter is how I market and the dark moon. Um, <clears throat> those are kind of the, the ways I kind of ask the reader to sort of take stock of where they are, you know, um, and, and what they sort of want or what they're kind of doing um, and, and what they're moving through and where their energy level is and what they feel called to do. Um, and then I just want, I, I, I simply just want to suggest, I just want to like, I just want to like open up like a book, you know, uh, open up a library, open up ways for them to figure out what works best for them. You know, I, this is the other thing I really kind of um, sort of move away from or find attention in with spirituality or with witchcraft, um, which is probably why I don't necessarily kind of belong to um, Wicca or, or, or anything like that, where it's that this like this has to be done in a certain way. Like you have to, you must call in these corners or you must 
go counterclockwise or all of this stuff. And don't get me wrong, I do all of those things, um, you know, like in my own private, you know, practice. Um, but but it's but I just want to give people many different offers where they're if they're like, oh, I want to do more research into this herb, or oh, I want to you know think about uh, this this kind of uh, you know way 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 to think about my own practice. That's all it's trying to. That's all I'm trying to get um, people thinking about. I'm just trying to spark an interest and and allow for different ways of connections to take place in the workbooks. And like to be really honest with you, um, what I'll be working on next. I probably shouldn't say this aloud, but I will. <laughs> what what I'll work on next after the project is over is like so much of the information in the workbooks are timeless. Like mm -hmm. it's not about, I mean it is because I tune in and I, and I, I kind of think about, and I, um, I think about each particular phase and um, I think about how they're all kind of connected like beads on a string or something like that. But I also, um, I want this, this I, I want you to be able to like look up this stuff anywhere. So I'm gonna, I'm going to attempt to try to um, make more of like a compilation of the information when all this is done, so anyone can just sort of have like, oh, this is the new moon section, or this is the dark moon section, so people can kind of um, utilize the information no matter where they, no matter where they are. So that is very exciting because I got a bit sad in the beginning when you mentioned that it was the last edition and <laughs> that would be it. But it's very exciting to see that there's more stuff coming up, and I agree that the books have a lot of timelessness, and also. I really agree with it being very beautiful to give people the space to come to their own slow and organic understanding of these practices. So I feel like with the four directions, for example, or the clockwise or not clockwise thing, that made no sense to me in the beginning. I was like, you know, being someone who has educational privilege, I was kind of trying to apply these um these concepts and you know like getting as many books as possible and like reading and yes. talking to people sorry I'm the same way yeah yeah and so and and I to be also really honest I, I'm not really sure that this is my own natural inherent way of being it, it might really to a great extent be what I've learned but anyway so I was reading all this stuff and these practices that feel that felt almost like restrictive to me I, I find it very hard to connect to them because I had no practical understanding what, what it would mean to connect to the different elements that way and to see them having uh, a connection to the directions. And it's taken a long time to just think about the quality of water every now and then, you know, yeah. to really yeah. understand on a physical level its connection yeah. to our emotions and to see that reflected in astrology and in the cycles of the moon. And in all these things, and one of one thing that I really treasure now is the slowness that this gave me, and like this trust that things come and they drop into our understanding and our consciousness when we're ready for them. Really like the saying that when the student is ready, the teacher appears, and I think that's just exactly the same with the moon as well. And I think there's a really beautiful way of teaching, like you do, where we're making the information and the inspiration available, we're not forcing it on people and we're just holding space for them to explore and come to their own understanding. That's so much more powerful, yeah. <laughs> totally, yes, agreed, 100%. <laughs> Yay, cool. Can you tell us a little bit more? So you mentioned that you're working an incredible amount of hours each week. <laughs> and um, can you tell us a little bit more kind of what you're offering? Um, I mean, you know, I know that you're offering tarot readings, but I, I know that I um, also have a lot of creative listeners. How can people work with you design wise? Like what is your priority there? And how what does that look like? Um, well, I'm not taking any design clients until 2018. Okay. So kind of like, you know, uh, that's that. Um, yeah, basically, um, uh, to be honest, part of the reason why, um, I, like why I am very grateful that this project with the workbooks took is, is, is kind of a limited sort of thing is, you know, self-publishing, writing, editing, um, designing 
shipping, uh, you know, all aspects. It's just for me, and and because like I don't want to bust anyone's bubble, but it's not like going to. I'm not like, you know, running all the way to the bank with this situation, you know. So it's also, um, it's also I'm I'm great grateful that. I'm grateful for the time I've spent doing it, but it's at a point for me where it's really unsustainable um, <clears throat> to kind of do, you know, and, and I haven't had anyone reach out to me for publishing, um, you know, to, to for a book deal or anything like that. And again, I think because, because this just kind of came in mm. and I kind of just took it and ran with it, Again, I don't know anything, you know, I've never taken a writing class in my life. Like, I don't know about the writing world or book deals or all that stuff. So I come from a background where you just do it. Like, you just, it's like, do, do, like, it's like DIY, like, you, you silk screen your own t-shirts. For mm -hmm. years my business, I was silk screening my own t-shirts in the basement. Like, you know, you just, you, you want to do something, you want to write a song, like, you write a song. You don't ask for permission, you just do the fucking thing. So that is also like, I'm not like just standing around waiting like this information had to get out. But yeah, I'm at a point where basically from like November until the end of January, um, all I can kind of handle is my current client load, um, you know, my current sort of tarot clients and that's in, in, the, in the workbook, you mm -hmm. know, so that's kind of that. Um, people can work with me through taking my classes. I teach in LA. Um, I just got back from teaching in Salem. That was super fun. Um, they can uh, sign up for a tarot reading wherever they are in the world. Um, they can buy my products. And then if someone is interested in design work and they know that they'll be needing it like <laughs> in February or March, uh, they can most certainly uh, reach out to me as well. Okay, that's beautiful. And where can people find you? What's kind of your favorite place to hang out online if you have one that you really enjoy? Oh, nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to go back to like carrier pigeons and sending love letters through the mail. Um, just kidding. Uh, they can find me. My uh, unfortunately very out of date design website is Sarah Godestiner, just my name, dot com. Mm -hmm. I have uh, the the place where I kind of write about the moon or spirituality is visualmagic.info. Mm -hmm. And they can find me on Instagram at Gottes, G-O-T-T-E-S-S-S, -S -S, which is my last name as well, which is a riff off my last name. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where they can find me. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's been really beautiful um, speaking to you. And I, I will definitely listen to it again when I go to sleep tonight because I feel like when I'm in it, you know, and talking to people, I don't absorb as much as I want to. So I love listening back later. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so Sarah. much. Thank you. Bye.